All right, guys, welcome to episode six of the Hardly Knowledgeable Podcast, the NFL special that uh, we talked about earlier in the week. Bryson's back. Hello, Bryson. Welcome. Uh, after missing a couple episodes, welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk about the NFL a little bit later, but first, we're going to talk about uh, college ball. They had a national championship game played on Monday. Um, Georgia beat Alabama by two scores. If we'll remember, I said that the Georgia Bulldogs win by 17. Three off. I was three off, okay? So so uh, you were wrong. But I was closer than everybody else. That's that's the point. <laughs> that's the point I'm trying to make here. So, um, so that being said, um, Drew, do you want to give us your thoughts first um, on this one? Yeah, sure. So this game was very ugly early on. Only field goals at halftime. Um you know, in my prediction, I just thought that Bryce Young was going to do more than Stetson Bennett down the stretch. Um, Stetson Bennett did have a big fumble that let Alabama take an 18-13 to 13 lead in the fourth quarter. And I kind of was like, oh, you know, Georgia sports team is choking. You know, we've seen this, seen this happen time and time again. But, you know, Stetson Bennett led those guys down and they outscored him 20-0, to zero, capped off by the pick six. I do think that Jamison Williams going out did have somewhat of an impact on the game. But Georgia really – you know, really kicked their butt down the stretch. You know, they when they were up 19-18 and they went down to go up by eight, they just ran the ball right down Alabama's throat, and Alabama couldn't stop them. You know, they were definitely tired, and that Georgia offensive line honestly bullied them. So I think that might have happened <clears throat> towards the end of the game no matter what. So way to go, Georgia. Way to go, Kirby Smart. Um, you know, I'm sure Alabama's going to be right back in the thick of things next year, and Georgia might take a little step back since they're going to lose some guys, but good for Georgia to finally get it done. Yes. I actually enjoyed the game. I mean, a lot of the comments were, you know, very boring and whatever, but if you appreciate old school football and battle in the trenches, that's really what that game was. And so it was kind of fun to watch the physicality of the two teams especially with, you know, the monsters on the D-line from both sides. So that was fun to watch. Um, I do also agree if Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt, Alabama probably wins this game. Um, and if they had Mechie, too, as well, wouldn't even been close. But anyway, um, Young kind of struggled without any, any of his go-to receivers, and Georgia kind of capitalized on that. And they made plays when they need to, and – Brock Bowers, you know, he's a freaking stud. He showed up like he always does. Um, Sesson Bennett played a lot better than I thought he would, to be honest, and they came away with the win. Yeah, it was, it was a good game. <laughs> Sorry, I uh, clicked on mine. Yeah, anyway, I'm going to give you two numbers. I'm going to give you two numbers, all right? The first number is 109, all right? And the second number is 140, okay? Georgia had 104. Huh? You say 40 or 4? 140. So 109 and 140, all right? The first number was Georgia's rushing yards in the SEC title game. However, they threw it 44 times. Second number was Georgia's rushing yards in the championship game. All right. They were held in check for the first half, and we knew going into that game that they had to get the ball going on the ground. They weren't able to do that in the first half, and 
I mean, it showed really. I mean, it was what nine to six at halftime, nine to three at halftime. I mean, nine, it was, nine six, I think. It was a defensive battle, but watching watching that game really impressed me. The athleticism that Georgia's defensive line has, and just the absolute physicality those two teams attacked each other with. Alabama in the national title game had, I believe, it was thirty yards of rushing. Yeah, thirty total yards of rushing on the ground. So Georgia being able to get that run game going, especially at the end, uh, they brought the average. I think I think it was like four point four yards a carry or something something around there. So that's pretty impressive, um, and that's what Georgia needed. They needed to be able to run the ball. And Stetson Bennett played probably the game of his life. I'm not going to lie; uh, he was really impressive. He managed the game well, made some throws down the stretch. Uh, there were some times when he couldn't get free and uh, really really was pressured, but. I think he played well. He didn't make the mistake that Stetson Bennett normally makes. I mean, he did fumble, which I disagree with that call. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that was a fumble or not, but it was close. I think the ball was like barely moving, so I think technically it was, but it was like his fumble and Bryce Young's non-fumble to start the game were basically the same play. Bryce Young's non-fumble, I agree with. His fumble, I see. Yeah. I think it should have been non-fumble. I agree with what you're yeah. saying. But we knew Georgia needed to run the ball. They looked a lot more like Alabama um, of the when Alabama was, you know, playing the game of the century and stuff. They looked like that. Um, did you see the ups from Kirby though? When they oh yeah, the, yeah he you know, got up. Was, he got up there. So wasn't he was yelling like, at him to get down, and then he just started running with him? <laughs> yeah, he's like, get down, get down, because that would have won the game. But the other score won the game anyways. Mm-hmm. The touchdown won the game anyways. So. Um, but, yeah, a lot of emotions from Georgia. They haven't beaten Alabama in a long time, and they haven't won a title since 1980. So, uh, congrats to the Bulldogs, I suppose. So, um, Okay, moving on to the first week of the NFL playoffs. Um, if anybody wants to take it from here, you guys can go ahead um, and start talking about that. All right. Um, Bryson, do you just want to go, like, game by game here and give a prediction? Sure. Okay, so – in my notes, I just went in order so of, like, when the games are being played. So the first game is Saturday afternoon, uh, Raiders at the Bengals. Uh, you want to go first? Uh, you got it. I'll see what you say. Okay. So I think that this Raiders team is pretty hot going into the playoffs. They've won three or four in a row. I think, I think three. Four. Four? Four. Okay. Yeah. So – I know that in their last few games, they beat the Browns in a game where the Browns, who really weren't that great anyway, they were pretty up and down. They, like Nick Mullins was playing, and it was like on a Monday afternoon. It wasn't – Raiders pulled that one out. You know, that one wasn't too impressive. They beat the Broncos like 17-13 or something. That one wasn't that impressive. But the Chargers game really – oh, they beat the Colts. The Colts game was good. You know, Colts are a pretty good team, even though they couldn't beat Jacksonville apparently. Um then, you know, beating the Chargers on Sunday night, I didn't think they'd pull it off, but that was, you know, probably the game of the year just with all the stakes that went into it and whatnot. So, you know, Raiders, four-game winning streak, they're pretty hot right now. But I think the I think the Bengals just are a better team. They've performed slightly better against other teams in the playoffs than the Raiders have this season. They're 4-2, and two, and the Raiders are 3-3, three and three, so little difference there. Um in cold weather, which it's in Cincinnati, I think the weather is supposed to be decently cold. I know Derek Carr is usually not as sharp in cold weather. And 
for what it's worth, I think Joe Burrow, when the weather's really cold, he's like 2-0 and in his career. Not a huge sample size there. So I'll take the Bengals to win. Uh, 31-23 was the score prediction I came up with. So that's what I got. Sounds good. Um, it's crazy because there's two different Raiders teams. There's the Raiders team that can show up and beat anyone. And then there's a Raiders team that just shows up. <laughs> and so, like you said, cold weather cars have been historically rough. So it really all comes down to how he can play. Um, I do like the improvements I've seen from the Raiders defense. Their young corners are playing pretty well. Uh, their pass rushes towards the top in the league, Matt Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe are kind of leading that charge there. Um, if they can generate a pass rush on – on Burrow with their four-man front and contain, you know, not press coverage like Chiefs did and mm-hmm. play a little zone, they can slow down this offense. They've done it before. They played them, what, four week, four or five weeks ago, and they should have won that game and held them to hardly anything. Didn't the Bengals blow them out, if I'm not mistaken? I'm pretty sure that game was close, wasn't it? I'm not sure. I thought it I was like a – It was like 38 to 13 or something like that. Let's see. It was somewhere – I think it might have been 33 to 13. but it The was game was in Vegas. I know that. It was – where was it? I'm losing it now. It was 32, 32 to 13. I uh, must be thinking of a different game, I guess. Yeah, either way. Continue, though. Sorry. Oh, I remember what it was. It was close until the fourth, and then Carr threw pitch sits, and they had a fumble. And Yeah, okay, I remember that now. Yeah, that seems right. Okay. Um. Anyway, they slowed him down for – like, Burrow had finished that game, like, 148 yards. And I think that's when Joe Mitchell went crazy for, like, 150-plus. But, anyway, if they can slow down Burrow again and Josh Jacobs can continue his surge, he's been on. He looks a lot healthier than he has probably his mm-hmm. whole career since his, since his rookie year. Uh, if he keeps playing the way he is and Carr can take care of the ball uh, and – Getting healthy Waller changed the offense so much as he saw against the Chargers. Yep. Um, took some of the stress off Renfro. Um, it really just comes down to that. Um, neither quarterback has played a playoff game before, which is funny. So that'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see who shows up in the playoffs. If I had to pick with the Raiders being hot and all the hype being on the Bengals, and I don't think anyone's really putting the Raiders in this game right now. I'm going to go Raiders 31-28. All right. Real quick. Real quick. I'll just give you a little take here. The Raiders have – or the, the uh, <clears throat> Bengals have too much speed um, offensively and a really good quarterback offensively. I understand that neither of them have played in the playoffs, but this is Joe Burrow's second year in the league now. And how long is Derek Carbon in the league? Like six? Six or seven years? Mm-hmm. Maybe so, a little longer. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So I, I really think Burrow's a better quarterback. The Bengals are a better football team. It's in Cincinnati. It's going to be cold. It's going to be outside. Give me Cincinnati all day. And I really think they'll probably pull away uh, in the end. So that's that's my little take. Yeah, I will say Bryson's definitely right about the Raiders. You know, like they've been way up and down all year and they've really – you know, they've gotten blown out in some games, especially the two Chiefs games. And then other games, they come in, they just look like a completely different team. Like, I know they beat the Cowboys on the road on Thanksgiving. You know, they've had some tough tough wins. So, well, I just 
you know, preseason, I wasn't very high on the Raiders, obviously. I was wrong about that since they're in the playoffs, but I don't know. I just don't have a ton of faith that they'll, you know, I think they'll show up. I just don't know if they'll win. But, hey, if they do, I'm rooting for them because I don't want to – I don't want to play the Bengals. Like, I know we could probably beat them, but I'd rather see someone else. Like, they're the they're the team in the AFC that I don't want to see. Give me yeah, everybody okay. else. <clears throat> me too. All right. So, the second game, Saturday night, is the Patriots at the Bills. Mm-hmm. So, this is the third time that they've played. The first game – that was played in Buffalo was that Monday night crazy game where there was like 60 mile an hour wins the whole time. Mac Jones threw three passes and he went like two for three and Josh Allen, you know, just couldn't get it done down the stretch and you know, not his fault. It's just how the weather played out. Patriots won that game 14 to 10. Damian Harris was able to break off a long run that kind of sealed that game. Um, then in Buffalo or not in Buffalo and at New England, a few weeks later, the Patriots, were able to beat him – or, sorry, the Bills were able to beat him 33-21. Josh Allen played one of his best games of the year that game. He was really good, really sharp. But I'm a little bit worried about the Bills playing this game again against Belichick a third time. I – you know, in my, like, NFL fandom, I don't know if I've really seen, like, a Belichick – like, Belichick getting a chance a third time against the team because normally the AFC East has been pretty bad and they don't have, like, a second playoff team that then they get to play again. So, I think the Patriots can go in there and pull off the upset. I don't think – you know, it's probably not likely it's an upset. I think it's going to have to be low scoring, but I like their chances to go in there and slow them down. Um, I'll take the Patriots to win 17-13, but Mac Jones has got to play better than he has been for that to happen. But I'll take the upset, see what happens. Yeah. So Josh Allen is kind of like the Raiders. There's really good Josh Allen, and there's really bad Josh Allen. And Buffalo goes as far as whichever one shows up. Um, Like I said, with Nick Saban and college football, it's hard to pick against Nick Saban. It's hard to pick against Bill Belichick as well. Um. That first game, I don't really chalk up as anything. It was just kind of a grinded out, you know. You couldn't throw the ball at all, and it was just a mess. Second game, like you said, Josh Allen played a great played a great game, and Matt Jones did not. <laughs> um, but historically speaking, building the playoffs is pretty solid. And like you said, playing a team for the third time with the way that he's established himself as one of the greatest coaches of all time, it's really hard to not pick against him. And or really hard to pick against him. I mean, and so with that being said, and this the inconsistency that you see from Josh Allen, one thing Bill Belichick is always known for is taking away your best player. And with the Chiefs, he's always taking away Kelsey, so they're going to do everything they can to take away Diggs. And so it's can Josh Allen do enough to make plays with Dawson Knotts and Cole Beasley, Manuel Sanders too, I think. And so I think the answer is no, just because. It's Bill Belichick. And so I'm going to go 27-21 New England. All right. You got to pick Nolan? All right. So next game is Sunday at noon, I believe. The Eagles are playing at the Bucks. So for this one, you know, shout out to Nick Sirianni in his first year getting the Eagles to the playoffs. You don't really see – you don't really see a team – 
you know, get to the playoffs with a first-year coach. So good job by him. I will say, not to make excuses for why they made it, but I will say that they did have a pretty easy schedule. You know, they play against the NFC East, which other than the Cowboys, that division's pretty awful. Like you're getting two free wins against the Giants, even though they did actually lose to the Giants once. And then the Washington football team isn't very good. And then you're, you're a fourth-place team last year, so you got to play a lot of, you know, bottom feeders. Um, the Eagles are 0-6 against teams that are in the playoffs right now. They did play the Bucks early in the season. I think it was on a Thursday night, and I think they lost by six, so it was kind of a close game. But I just – I don't know. Tom Brady, even though he's without a lot of his top receivers outside of Mike Evans and – I don't know if they're going to get Fournette back, but they've just been kind of rolling. So I think they'll uh, they'll roll in this one. I have them winning 34-24 maybe. I think the Eagles could compete for like a little bit, but I think they'll pull away pretty late. Yeah, like you said, Bucks are missing a lot, especially on the defensive end. And one thing that the Eagles do do very well is run the ball. And I think that's going to cause a lot of problems for – Buccaneers, and with with that being said and everything, this one's kind of short and sweet, but I think the Eagles are going to give them a lot of problems, a lot of fits, but I don't think it's going to be enough to withstand, you know, Brady, and like they said, he at least still had Mike Evans. I know Fournette practice, I'm pretty sure, this week, so I think he'll be back. But, yeah, I don't see a path to the Eagles. I don't think their defense is good enough to withstand this, I think it's going to be a grinded out game. But I think it's going to be close too, but I don't see the way the Eagles can win this game. I'll go uh, Bucks 21-17. All right. Okay. No one anything? <laughs> nope. Okay, so next game is Sunday afternoon. It's the 49ers at the Cowboys. So I think that this game is by far the best game of the whole wild card weekend. I'm – well, actually, I won't really get to watch it because I'll be at the Chiefs game, but I'll try to catch most of it on my phone or on the Jumbotron, whatever they'll have it on. Um, you know, I think both of these teams are really well coached and they have good offense and good defensive units, even though both teams are pretty bad at corner. I know Diggs has a lot of picks, but he also has allowed a lot of yards. So, the most. Um, yeah. <laughs> Is it like over a thousand? Yeah. Jeez. Anyway, um, I did look. For these picks, I did try to look at how teams did against playoff teams just to see, like, how well they've been performing against them. Uh, the Niners are 4-4 four and four against playoff teams, and the Cowboys are 3-4, and four, so about the same there. Um, the Niners are pretty up and down. Like, they were pretty hot, and a lot of people were on them. And then they lost a game on a Thursday night to the Titans, and, the you know, it was just like, oh, they just threw to A.J. Brown, and they just couldn't stop him, and Jimmy made some – made some bad plays. But then last week, you know, game on the line, Jimmy was able to make some plays against the Rams, who are a playoff team. So, you know, kind of just depends what Jimmy you're going to get with this Niners team. Um, I expect that if people are going to pick an upset, that this is the one that they're going to pick just because the 49ers were in the Super Bowl two years ago and they have a lot of people from that team on this team. Uh, Debo Samuel's a lot better than he was back then. It's kind of crazy that like, George Kittle isn't the best offensive threat on this team like Debo is. Like, Debo's really good, and he's probably going to cook up Trayvon Diggs. But I also think that Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb will do good against the Niners' corners who aren't that good. So I expect a really high-scoring game. I'll take the 
Cowboys to win, though. I trust I just trust Dak more than I trust Jimmy at this point. And it's at home for the Cowboys. So I'll take them 27-24. Yeah. The most, in my opinion, the two most important things that if you're, you need to have for a playoff run is defense and being able to run the ball. And that is the single reason why the Niners made it to the Super Bowl two years ago was they had a fantastic front seven and they were able to run the ball and just spend anyone. Yep. Well, they have that again this year with Bosa and what he's been playing out of his mind lately. Mm-hmm. And then there doesn't matter who they throw in a running back. Debo's a freak. And then Eli Mitchell has been running like crazy. They're going to be able to run the ball in the Cowboys. Cowboys defense is not that good. And with that being said too, the Niners are also one of the hottest teams in football. They started pretty bad, but they've been they've been pretty hot since then. And they have the coach and they have the quarterback who's been in the grind of the playoffs before and blown it twice. But at least get to the Super Bowl, right? Uh, yep. But with that being said, I don't trust Dak at all because I think the front four plus some blitz packages that they like to run, they have a pretty solid D coordinator even after Saul left. But I think they're going to get a lot of pressure on Dak. And you pressure Dak, he makes a lot of stupid mistakes. I could see a pick and a sack fumble for them both, and you can't can't have turnovers in playoffs. And so I think the Niners are going to win this one, like 31-24 maybe. All right. No one, you got a pick? All right. All right, Bryson. Do you want to save the Steelers-Chiefs game until last, or do you want to just do it now? Yeah, save it for last. Okay. So, next game we have is the Cardinals and Rams, which is on Monday night, which, by the way, I don't like that they're having a Monday night football game for the playoffs. I don't get why you don't just have three on Saturday, three on Sunday. I'll obviously still watch it, and it'll be cool to have a playoff game on Monday instead of nothing, but I don't get why you're giving, you know, like one team's just going to have not as much rest as the other teams. Who cares? Whatever. I honestly thought they were going to give it to the Chiefs. Glad they didn't. So, this game is the Cardinals at the Rams. Um, so, like the Pats-Bills game, this is another divisional matchup where they're split 1-1 on the season. The Cardinals have been a pretty weird team because they started out really hot, and then they've kind of simmered down ever since uh, D-Hop went out. But the Rams haven't really impressed me that much either. They also started out hot, but Stafford's been playing a little – a little suspect lately, you know, you know, whenever uh, he's, they started out like four and oh, five and oh, and he was the front runner for MVP. You know, everyone was talking about how great Stafford is and how, you know, he's just been on the lines his whole career and that's why he doesn't get respect, which is true, but I don't know. I don't think he's as good as he was playing at the beginning of the year. And that's starting to show mm-hmm. now. I, it's tough for me to trust like Cliff Kingsbury against Sean McVay. But I think that they've been the one team that kind of slowed down Cooper Cup this year. Like, it, I think they held him to, like, 60 yards, which is, like, crazy, like the first time they played. Mm-hmm. I also will note that the Cardinals are 5-2 and two against playoff teams, and the Rams are 2-5. and five. Yeah. Um, and believe it or not, the Cardinals are actually 8-1 and one on the road with that one loss being to Detroit. <laughs> And they're like three and five at home, like something awful. So yeah. 
I don't really like either of these teams to go far in the playoffs whenever whoever wins. But I'll take the Cardinals to win 31-24, but I don't feel too great about it. Yeah. Um, like you said, both these teams are really up and down. Both team, both offenses have the tendency to be really good and also have the tendency to be really bad. And so you should kind of just cross those offenses out. Coach, you can't come down the head coaching. I think we both agree that Sean Uvey, as of right now, is a better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. Yep. And so there's, you know, say point one for the Rams. <clears throat> well, then you go to defense. And the Rams' defense really has underperformed for the names they have, but I think it's still better than the Cardinals' defense. I know they're getting back J.J. Watt, but how healthy is he? And is he going to play that much? I don't, I don't I really don't know. But with Aaron Donald playing the way he is and drawing as much attention, and you have Jalen Ramsey who's going to lock down, I don't even know who their number one is right now, Christian Kirk. <laughs> it's either him or A.J. Green, I guess. Yeah, I guess A.J. Green. Um, I don't see – if they can keep Tyler in the pocket and stop the run, I don't see them doing hardly anything. If D-Hop was playing this game, I think it would be a whole different story. I think mm-hmm. he makes that offense click. But, yeah, with that being said, I'm taking the better coach and the better defense. And I'm going to go Rams 20, 20, Rams 27-21. <laughs> All right. All right, so last game here, going backwards to Sunday night. Our Chiefs are playing at home against the Steelers, a team who they beat a few weeks ago. Um, so I think for this game, you don't really see this a lot in the playoffs, but after the Chiefs started out or started out cold and then got really hot, won like eight games in a row, um, then they go down to Cincinnati and they lose, you know. Kind of got screwed with the officiating, but happens. Got cooked for almost 300 yards by Jamar Chase. Um, bad defensive game, bad defensive scheme, just bad defensive game all around. Offense kind of went cold in the second half. So that was a bad – that lost a lot of the bad taste. And then playing a game against Denver, that game just had a weird feel. We were able to squeak out a win, but I don't know. Drew Locke played pretty well for the Broncos, but I guess they just don't take care of their field. We had Tyreek Hill get injured in pregame warm-ups and – Seems like Mahomes was really the only person on the whole offense that was on his A game. But we were able to pull it out. But I think that we could get – that the Chiefs can get right in this Steelers game if they played their cards right. Um, I know that some might think that the Chiefs are overlooking the Steelers. I really don't think that's the case. In the Mahomes era, when just playing against inferior teams, they've really taken care of business. Even – like, even against the Texans, who were inferior a couple of years ago, they were down 24-0 and still found a way to win by 20. Like, I think I think the Chiefs will take care of business. The game was 36-10 to a couple of weeks ago. The Steelers haven't performed very well against um, playoff teams. They're 2-5. and five, And they're 3-5 and five on the road. They just don't win that much on the road. So, I'm going to take the Chiefs to win 30-14. to 14. I think it could be worse than that, but I'll give the Steelers two touchdowns. Yeah, on paper the Chiefs should win this game by forty. But there's it's the playoffs and it's Big Ben's arguably his last game. So I think it's gonna be closer than that. Um I do think the Chiefs are gonna come out early and like they always do, and they're gonna get a get a lead and it's gonna force Big Ben to press a little bit. And as long as they can manage Najee again like they did last time, I don't see this game being 
close. Score-wise, I think he'll be semi-close, but as far as what actually is happening on the field, like, I mean, Chiefs have full control the whole time. I'm not really worried about this game, other than the fact that the Steelers literally have nothing to lose. So you go out there and you play as free as you can. You know, sometimes crazy things happen. NFL has been crazy this year. Mm-hmm. But I do think the Chiefs handle business. They have, they're too good, too good of a coach, too good of a quarterback. They're fully healthy for the first time this year. They're going to be scary come playoff times. And so I'm going to go 34-24, Chiefs by 10, with that 10-point win being a late touchdown from – garbage time touchdown from the Steelers. All right. Let's hear me out. All right. First of all, I understand that the Steelers aren't a very good football team, and then they didn't look very good the first time the Chiefs played them. So it should be a blowout, right? But what's the fun in that? I think no one stopped talking. I think no one. No one. You're not going to the game, so you can't. You can't do that. You're not going to the game. You can't. I would like to sit on the edge of my seat at Tanner's Bar and Grill and be and be concerned about the outcome. So. Uh, I think that a close game would be fantastic. I think the Steelers will probably keep it close. You know, they got a good coach. Uh, Big Ben is out uh, for his last, you know, it's his last playoffs, or so we think. If it's not, it'd be awkward um, next year. But, um, it, you know, I think that they're going to come ready to play and ready to win. And so I think that this game will be a lot closer than people are thinking. Maybe 24-17 Chiefs win um, in the fourth quarter. And that that's actually my pick. 24-17, Chiefs win in the first quarter, fourth quarter. All right. I'll take the win. Win's the win. For those, for those of you that don't know what, what I just did there, the uh, <laughs> I went we went to a Chiefs game last year and we played the Broncos and the Chiefs were the Chiefs were on a roll and we were sitting out in the parking lot and I said, But wouldn't it be cool if this game was close? It was what? It was a Sunday night game? Yeah. yeah. So dumb. Yeah, it was a Sunday night game, and I said, wouldn't it be cool if this game was close? <laughs> and they were like, there's no way it's going to be close. There's no we, way. We won by six. <laughs> it was a great game. So, <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Even, right. though, even though this Steelers team isn't very good, I will still, like, shout out, you know, Mike Tomlin. Like, the fact that he's never had a losing season, or at least – like, yeah, I think that he's never had a losing season and Big Ben's never had a losing season, so that's pretty – like, the fact that this team is 9-7-1, and one, like, they – like, that's incredible. Like, they're they're not that good. But, you know, they've they've won some close games when they've needed to, so. Yeah. Real quick before we move on, the regular season's done, so nothing else matters from here on out for MVP rankings. Give me your top three and then – your your winner for MVP if you were voting. Okay, so I don't know if you listened to the last one, but I had kind of a hot MVP take. So top three, I'll go backwards. So three, I would have Tom Brady. Um, you know, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. He's got fantastic numbers. Um, I think he might have been like the top for a lot of people, and then they lost 9-0 to zero to the Saints, and that kind of – I don't know. Narrative recency bias kind of changes for some people. Uh, Second, I would have Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's probably like numbers wise, probably been the best quarterback in the league this year. Um, We've kind of seen how they look with Jordan Love in the lineup against, 
in a full game against the Chiefs and in like a half against the Lions, and they, they're not very good with Jordan Love. So Aaron Rodgers has really carried them, at least offensively. Their defense is pretty good. And then number one, I would actually have Cooper Cup. I know he's not going to win because it's a quarterback award, but I think when he – like what he's done this year has been incredible. Like he's carried – he's carried the Rams in everything of what they've done. He – He's won the triple crown, but he's just ahead by so much compared to everybody else. And I just think when you're the best at your position like that and you carry your team and like Brady and Rogers have had really good years and so have some other quarterbacks, but it's not like they're doing like, like they're having like one of the best quarterback seasons ever. I would give it to Cooper cup, but I know he's not going to win, but that's who I'd have. Nolan. I would like to abstain uh, from this discussion, being that I don't know uh, anything about these players. However, I know Aaron Rodgers is probably the most talented quarterback to ever play the game. I don't know about the year he's having, but if he's ever in consideration. I'm assuming he's going to win. Yeah. If I were voting, it would be Mahomes one. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Derek Carr one. Derek Carr one. (laughs) David Carr two. And Nathan Peterman three. Mahomes, but, Mahomes last if David Carr is voting, by the way. Yeah, exactly. That is a bum. I hate that guy so much. <laughs> he makes it hard to – like, I don't root for the uh, – I, I wouldn't say – I don't know. I like the Raiders. Obviously, the team's my team, and my whole mom said me and Raiders fans. I've watched a lot of their games. So, I, I, they're not a rivalry for me. I hate the Broncos and Chargers a lot more than I hate the Raiders. But he makes it really hard to root for the Broncos. Or, I mean, for the Raiders. I can't stand that guy. <laughs> yeah. But my three, at three, would be Cooper Cup. Um, like you said, Triple Crown. Really impressive. I mean, he needed an extra game to, you know, get the stats he did. But he still would have won the Triple Crown either way. But mm-hmm. his extra game made up for another 100-some yards and stuff. Um, Number two. I would have Tom Brady. Statistically wise, he's had the best year of any quarterback uh, this year. But he's also thrown the ball like 147 more times, I think, or something like that, more than than Brady. I mean, than Rogers has, mm-hmm. and with nine more pits and only like three more touch total touchdowns, three more total touchdowns. And so, yeah, he hasn't beaten yards, but. How many times were you know you could go look back at those games and kind of little little step headed, um, and like I said, you give Rogers 140 more attempts, he's got 10 more touchdowns on him. But with that being said, that's why I'm taking the efficiency. I'm taking the guy who has a better record, let's him to a better record, and so Rogers would be my MVP. Yeah. I agree with that list. That's probably how it'll play out unless a third quarterback gets votes over cup, which that's a joke. If that happens, like I think, I think yeah. Brady and Rogers are the only two that should. Yep. Jonathan Taylor would have had a case if, you know, the Colts could have done a little better down the stretch, but that's what happened. Yeah. He kind of fell off. The only other argument I would be okay with if they didn't put cup in there would be TJ Watt, but so. yeah. <laughs> Which he didn't even play in all the games, and he got the – did he get the record or did he tie it? He just tied it. Okay. Yeah. Either way, yeah, he's he's a monster. He better finally win defensive player of the year instead of just giving it to Aaron Donald every year. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, Aaron Donald's the best defensive player, but at some point, when someone has better stats, you got to give it to him. Yep. 
Sounds good. All right. right, Well, I think that puts an end to our uh, college football uh, championship and NFL uh, playoff prediction podcast, the special edition. We are going to come at you with a second part uh, tonight, so be ready for that. No Um, one's going to unleash on some people. (laughs) Nobody's safe. Nobody is safe in the rant version of the podcast. So um, we will will, uh, be back soon. All right.